episodes frequently involve triggering events. If you or anyone you know is suffering, Crisis Text Line offers free 24-7 support. Text HOME to 741741 for the US and Canada, 85258 for the UK, and 50808 for Ireland. You can find them on crisistextline.org and they're also available to message via Facebook. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Hope you all are well. I have a few scary stories for you tonight submitted by user You Should Have Been Aborted and Emily. I've received several stories over the past couple of months which will be going into the rotation at some point. I haven't gotten a chance to read or respond to all of them, but I wanted to thank you guys for emailing those stories in, and uh, I will get to them, so thank you. In other news, next week will be my last episode of the year. After 18 months of not missing a week, I've decided to take a break for the holidays to recharge, spend some more time with family, and build my story bank back up again. While I do get stories submitted from listeners, the bulk of my stories come from finding them online, which takes a bit of time to sift through. However, our online campfire over at patreon.com slash nightmare society will still be active, and I'll be posting a bonus episode or two over there throughout December. Thanks again to our contributors for sharing their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. old enough to be home alone, but still at that young age, I lived in a court in a lower-end middle-class neighborhood at the time. It was a small developing town, right before the boom of city growth, a place with one grocery store in the middle of town, so a pretty quiet place where kids would play from sunrise to late in the dark of night with no real worries. To better explain, my court was a U-shape with like eight houses in it, really one way in and out. I and my friend lived across the street from each other right before the curve rounding of the U-court. We were both three houses away from the exit of it. The main street that connected to our court wasn't a crazy busy street. We could play in the main street for hours and only run into the people who lived in our court driving in. That's how dead the area around the court was to the public. No one came around unless to visit our court. No one really had a reason to be driving or walking by our court because there were better ways to the other homes around us off the main busy roads. Going past our court is going out of your way to do so. I should also add my friend's parents were not friendly and hated people coming to their house, so we only ever went over to my house or played in our court, which is important for later. It was Halloween and I had decided to stay home and trick-or-treat my neighborhood with my friend Ashley, who lived across the street. It was late Halloween, the kids had gone home hours ago, the streets were dead silent except for us. 
My family had left earlier to one of the rich neighborhoods to get some of the awesome large king-sized chocolate bars. They were going to hang out at a friend's house afterward, then be home late or spend the night, wherever the night would take them. I didn't want to hang out with my younger siblings and their younger friends. I wanted to hang out with Ashley, so I asked to stay home alone. My mom agreed with the promise that I would go in and lock the house as soon as she went in. I agreed. It was close to 10 or 11 at night, so our night went great and it was dying down with her waiting for her parents to eventually call her in for bed. Ashley was hanging out with me as we sat on the curb in front of my house talking, which being in that pre-teen stage was a common occurrence. When we noticed this middle-aged man walk past the end of our court looking around, he paused, noticing us. The man slowed down, stared at us for a bit as he walked. No big deal, but something was off. I can still remember what he looked like because I remember how odd-seeming he was. Because we grew up in a small town where everyone knew everyone, and I didn't recognize this man. He was a white, average man with a beer belly. It was dark, but I could make him out under the street lights as he casually passed our court. He did not look like he was a local. Ashley asked if I knew him as I shook my head no before we obviously went back to talking. Something about him made her start to keep an eye on the court entrance. He's walking by again. Ashley would repeat when she noticed him walking by again and again and again. That guy wasn't dressed for a long walk or a jog, wearing a tan jacket, dark blue jeans, and what looked like heavy work boots. I don't imagine he planned on going on a long walk with those. But we were dumb kids and we ignored these red flags. Until the fifth time. Then we got a little freaked out. Hey, that guy passed by again. Ashley frowned as I turned my back to the entrance of the court as I talked to her. He wasn't walking anymore, casually standing under the streetlight at the entrance of our court on the same side we were, staring. I remember how awkward he seemed shoving his hands into his pockets trying to act casual, except for the fact that he just kept staring at me. We were really creeped out. He kept looking around at the empty street quickly and then back at me before he went back to walking past our court. Something inside me told me to leave. Again, he didn't look creepy. He looked like a typical white suburban dad. It was his eyes. It was him just staring at me. I'm creeped out. Let's go inside before he comes back. I remember Ashley breathing before we got up. We tried our best to ignore our fear since he was gone again. I walked her across the street to her home. To add, I was the friend that was like a mom to everybody. I always made sure they got home okay before myself. Yeah, you most likely see where this is going. I walked her to her house across the street before I headed home myself. Everything was fine. I quickly ran across the street to my house, happy to get to freedom. I turned the knob of my front door, 
quickly trying to get into the safety of my home when I felt the doorknob refuse to turn. I remember holding my breath as I struggled to get the door open. That's when it dawned on me. I didn't have a house key. The door was never locked unless we were inside sleeping. This was before cell phones. My family had accidentally locked me out with no way to get a hold of them. I panicked. I was locked outside with the creepy man walking around. I was completely terrified. I moved away from my front door. I remember trying to calm myself as I decided to go through the backyard and try our sliding glass doors, which again should not be locked. I walked down the path of my front door to walk around the front of the house to the side gate. That was my plan. I remember stopping with fear. I remember the air being knocked out of me. When I noticed the man was stopped in front of the end of our street once again. There was no way he did a full lap around our court to end up back there. He must have just pretended to keep walking. His eyes lit up as he smiled at me when he noticed I was still out, raising his hand up in a casual high before he started walking towards me. His steps toward me were casual steps like he was just taking a walk, but he was staring at me. I panicked at his movements towards me and bolted across the street to Ashley's house, abandoning all attempts to break into my own house. I remember thinking that Ashley's house is the only one with signs of life, and I really needed an adult right then. I remember running as fast as I could, getting up the stone step walkway to the door. I pounded in panic, pushing the doorbell repeatedly. Ashley opened the door, confused by the panic look on my face. Ashley, I'm locked out and he's coming. I remember screaming at her, trying to push my way towards her, scared to death. I... I have to ask my mom. Those words broke me as she quickly closed the door, most likely not realizing the fate she was leaving me to. I remembered crying as the door slammed in my face. In a panic, I turned around trying to see where the man was, how close he had gotten with my back turned. He had resumed walking the court when I assumed the door was open, now only a house and a half length away from me. The second I looked at him with the door closed, he stopped his casual walking the sidewalk. He instantly started to run towards me, a diagonal through the street, beeline towards me directly. I remember half turning to push the doorbell repeatedly in what felt like a decade of fear, until Ashley's door opened, her hand grabbing my arm and yanking me inside the door slamming the door quickly with a quick flick of her wrist, locking the lock. I was in tears as she gripped my arm. I remember how desperately we moved to the side window as quickly to see him. I remember how mad he looked at me as he stood inches away from where I once was. He gave me a dirty look, his chest heaving as he slowly backstepped off of my friend's porch and down the walkway. He shoved his hands into his pockets as he turned to face away from us and continued walking out of our court. I don't remember much after that. I remember breaking down crying as Ashley's mom came to my aid realizing this was serious. I remember the cops being called and having my statement given. I also remember I stayed with Ashley until my parents got home shortly after the cops left. Ashley's dad walked me home and explained everything. 
I remembered my mom hugging me in panic, kissing me, and apologizing that my younger eight-year-old brother must have locked the door when they left because he was paranoid of bad guys. I don't remember being home alone after that until we moved years later to a new town. I can still remember this day clearly. I still to this day can't figure out his intentions. Kidnapping? Worse? To this day, I can't find a reason that sits well with me. To this day, I still get paranoid at night, especially of smiling strangers. This story takes place during my senior year of high school, when I still lived at home with my mom. It was a Saturday, so I slept in as any teenager does, and my mom left for work early that morning, so I had spent the day at home alone. I decided to do some cleaning around the house when I realized we were out of paper towels, so I went down to the garage to get them since that's where we kept the extra things. My mom lives in a three-story townhome where the main floor is on the second floor, and the first floor is just a small entryway at the bottom of the stairs and two doors. One is the front door, and the other leads to the garage. So I walked down the stairs and opened the door to the garage to flip on the lights, but realized I didn't need to. The garage door was wide open and letting in a lot of daylight. Maybe to some this would be no big deal, but my mom lives in a not great part of town and is very adamant about closing the garage door when she leaves. I remember feeling weird about it since it was so unusual, but chalked it up to my mom just not realizing it, or maybe something had rolled under the door so the automatic sensor kept it from closing completely and she drove away without realizing. I looked over into the dark corner of the garage where boxes were stacked and the paper towels were stored. For some reason, I couldn't get myself to walk over there and grab them. I do have a slight fear of the dark, so I figured that caused my sudden hesitation. I just stood in the doorway and pressed the garage door button on the wall and watched it close completely. I made sure nothing blocked it from closing and waited a good 10 seconds before leaving to make sure it was really shut this time. I switched off the light, walked back inside, and locked the door to the garage. I took maybe two steps up the stairs before I heard boxes tumbling, scuffling of feet, and the audible sound of someone hitting their hand against the garage door opener, and then the mechanical sound of the garage door opening. I noped it up the rest of the flight of stairs and then just stood at the top step for probably 20 minutes, just shaking. It wasn't until my mom got home asking me why the garage door was open that I went back down. Other than my mom's car now in the garage, it was completely empty, except for the boxes in the corner where we store extra things for the house. I looked and saw that the boxes were toppled over, and explained the situation to my mom. I'm so glad my gut told me not to go in the dark corner of my garage and to whoever decided to creep in there. Ew. No. Get away.
I'm from Nevada, not Vegas. And the area I live in is in the mountains, but it still has a desert-like weather in the summer. My house is along a major highway, which is where this took place. I was probably about 13 when I decided that it was a nice day and I should go out for a walk around my neighborhood so I could get out of the house. I made it about two blocks down when this guy on a bicycle came up to me. He was in his late 30s, but was more likely in his 40s. He asked me where he was, so I told him the street name. He then asked where a certain place was in my neighborhood, which is notoriously a place where you go to get drugs. So I gave him the general direction and figured he would leave me alone. He did not leave, however. He then asked what time it was, so I told him. He started asking me things like, what's your name? And where do you live? And how old are you? And I basically said, I'm underage, I'm 13, please just leave me alone. He then asked me if I want to ride home, and I actually laughed a little. I think it was more of a nervous laugh than anything, because he was on a bicycle, and I said, No thank you. My parents are expecting me home and they would be very mad if I came home with a stranger. Again, I thought that was going to be the end of it, but alas, it was not. He was very insistent on taking me home even when I kept firmly saying no and please leave me alone. He then said, I'll go get my friend. He has a truck. And I knew I was really in trouble. So I started to run home while trying to call 911 at the same time. All of a sudden I hear someone driving behind me honking their horn. And the two guys were yelling stuff about how hot I was out the windows of the truck while telling me I need to stop so they could take me home. Which, now that I think about it, probably meant their home, not mine. I knew I obviously could not outrun a truck, so I did what seemed like the smartest thing to do. I ran into an empty lot. Let me explain what I mean when I say empty lot. There were no buildings on it, but it wasn't just dirt. It was tons and tons of sagebrush because that grows like crazy where I am and it can get about seven feet tall or higher depending on what kind it is. I did track for a long time. Even at 13 I was in track so I was very good at running. So basically I ran into this empty lot and started running in an all over the place pattern to throw them off. And I hear their truck stop and they start running in after me. I decided to crawl under a bushy kind of sagebrush and hide there while they looked for me. They eventually got bored while trying to find me and they said a few rude things, the nicest of which was calling me a worthless you-know-what, and they left. I waited another ten minutes where I was before I got out from under the sagebrush and ran all the way home. Also, the reason I did not call 911 was because I was too afraid that if I made any noise at all, it would give away where I was, and I would be in big trouble if they located where I was hiding. I never saw these men again, but I now refuse to walk alone in my neighborhood, and I carry pepper spray around everywhere with me as a precaution. So, I hope I never meet these men again.
Big thanks goes to our producers for this week's episode. Danielle, Ginger, Mike to the D, Cat OJ, Devin, Savannah, Pixel Donut, Janelle, Michelle, Diane, Joy, Josh, Shorty, Lauren, Rebecca, Araceli, Kehlani Hawaii, Obese J, Katie P, Rory, Kaylee, Bradley, Christelle, Brandon, Shelby TX, Lorraine, Courtney, Chris, Heidi, Lila, Jaren, Carol, Holly, World V Bird, and welcome to our newest member, Julia. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Nightmare Society Campfire Online, you can find us on patreon.com slash nightmare society. It's a way you can show support for the podcast, or if you're interested in bonus episodes, early access, and other fun stuff, that's where all that's housed. There's a few tiers for you to choose from, starting from a dollar a month. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, sweet. <laughs>